Watch this. Welcome back to the Cookie Jar Golf Podcast. Um, I'm joined on my right by Bruce Fitzpatrick. That is me, yeah. I'd like to think you know who I am after 12 months doing this thing. Nice to meet you, Bruce. And we've got a special guest lined up today, Jordan White, W-H-Y-T-E. Jordan, Entourage Golf, how are you doing? Doing good. I'm doing very good. How are you guys? Excellent. I mean, what a lovely place to do a podcast at 9am on a Wednesday morning, looking out over Royal Aberdeen. Yeah, and it's a, a very calm Royal Aberdeen, mm. which is uh, which is rare. But um, yeah, it, it shows its teeth on the golf course, which we'll we'll find out later on this morning. Anyway, this is incredible room. So, I mean, for anyone who's been to Royal Aberdeen, was sat in the dining room. Yep, dining room. Yeah, um, which has just got the best view of the first tee, looking out across the links. Um, super excited to play. So you're a member here, aren't you, Jordan? Yeah, I've been a country member here for about four or five years now. So uh, don't get up here as often as I would like. Um, but no, whenever I do, it's a pretty special place. Um, a hard golf course, but an enjoyable golf course. Uh, so I enjoy the drive. And then on the way back, I go, I just donated another three or four balls to the rough there. <laughs> <laughs> so where's home? Am I right in saying East Lothian? Yeah, I live in Gullin now. So I um, brought up in Edinburgh, but I live in Gullin. So I uh, love it there. Uh, young family, golf courses all around us. Um, and it's uh, it's been fantastic. You know, a little microclimate. Um, walking dogs along the beach and yeah loving, loving life it's um, it's a lovely part of the world to be in it's just incredible isn't it when you talk about East Lothian you know it really is one of the best sort of spots for golfers in Scotland when you just think the proximity obviously having played North Berwick only a couple of days ago and you just got them all in a line it really is um, quite sensational so I want to um, talk about Entourage Golf first and, and, and I suppose you know as the head man and your business just just talk us through its inception and, and the birth yeah it's, I've been fortunate enough to be working in the golf industry for a little while now I studied golf I did um, I was up at Dornick to have a golf management degree up there I spent a bit of time in the United States um, where I met my wife and then I uh, came back here and worked at a very exclusive club in Slovian uh, for a while and I think during that time, I was fortunate enough to travel. I got to meet an awful lot of great people. And as you guys know more than anything, it's a fantastic, you know, it, although it's a golf industry, it's really its own culture in many ways as well. Yeah. And all these guys were saying to me, yeah, we would love to come and play and stay at this club that I was representing at the time. But they're saying, but where else could we go? And I've been brought up in, into that it's all my knowledge, it's all in my head with so many other people that this is where I'm from. So I ended up assisting these guys and taking them all around Scotland and um, in some other places as well and really enjoyed it more than anything. It's not as much that it was a hassle as in I think it's in your head. So, you know, why not share that, that wealth and share what you know? Um, and then... I found that I was doing this job for so long anyway. I run my own tournament um, for that. It's, it's called the Champion Shootout, which <laughs> is... It's, uh, <laughs> so that was actually named after the... There's a tournament called the Champion Shootout in uh, America, and that's where I kind of copied it from. Um, so I run that there, and I enjoyed that. And then we did a trip out to me and some of my friends, Great Morton, that we know that was on that trip as well. Um, we did that out to where I was based in Atlanta, uh, South Carolina, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, South Carolina, Greenville area. And we went and played places you know, some really high-end places. And I thought that was enjoyable as well. So I thought, is this something I should be doing? 
met a few guys from Manhattan. They said, you know, could you assist with us? They came over, kind of did it as a test run, got some feedback, and they went, you're our golf guy now. You know, we're going to phone you when we want to go places. And, yeah, from there, that's kind of how it started. I didn't have a name at that point, but it was uh, it was just me kind of running golf trips. Uh, but, yeah, was was loving it at the time. And, yeah, talking of the name, we've got to ask you, where does the name Entourage Golf come from? So, effectively, I was... Uh, I was phoning up golf courses and I was saying, hi, it's Jordan. I would like to book this. And everybody's absolutely lovely. There was a predominant, a huge uh, resort, let's say, in Scotland. And they were fantastic. And they were saying, oh, we, you know, we'll collect the money this way and that. And I was having to do it logistically, spreadsheets and bits of paper all over the kitchen table. And then I thought, I need to put a name to this. And I was about to phone the next person and... I had uh, my iPad on and there's the TV show Entourage that I'm watching it in the background with like no nothing on and I thought I ah, will go for it and I went <laughs> hi it's uh, it's Jordan calling from Entourage Golf and it sounded pretty professional at the time and then the feedback was good from the phone call and I thought right before I start going down this route I better phone a few people so I phoned some of my friends I phoned Graham Morton that I mentioned before who's a marketing whiz Nathan Keast who you've also met who's at um, Carnoustie he actually was the person that told me to go and watch Entourage he said it's a nice easy watching show good fun and also there's a character called Ari Gold who Jeremy Piven plays in and he's quite I mean, he's, he's everyone's hero I think anyone who's seen Entourage yeah Ari Gold's the, the man yeah so Nathan had said sometimes I am like Gary Gold sometimes I didn't know whether to take that as a compliment or not so I said to them yeah well, well will I go with that and that was it you know that was that was the name and uh, ever since then I've used it and everyone goes oh that's kind of like the TV show but then not it's got its own identity so it relates to my market as and I have there's not there is a bit of a stereotype market of who comes over to Scotland and Ireland and England everywhere else to play golf but I have a kind of a, a more, and I'll welcome everybody, but I have a more kind of target market of who I want to approach and people that want watch Entourage, funnily enough, are those guys. Yeah, it works quite cool. And, I mean, it, it must be such a tough industry to break into, particularly at the moment. We've had the benefit of spending some time at a few clubs on this trip and one of the things they keep talking about is, you know, 2020 forecasted visitor revenue and then kind of obviously the pandemic and what they're looking at is, I mean, it's just, it really is a small fraction. It must be, even within COVID, kind of a difficult market to break into, but excluding that for a bit, you know, what's the kind of angle, what's the goal with Entourage Golf? So my my goal is, you know, I'm very ambitious about it. I think if I'm going to do something, I'm going to go head first into it and do it all the way. So it's great living here in Scotland and Gullin. However, I mentioned before, my wife, I met my wife in America. Uh, we've got three young children. We're actually going to move to the United States. We're going to move back to where we met um, and I'm going to base myself out there full time and uh, I'm going to go and meet the clientele eight, nine months of the year and then I'll be in Scotland three months of the year which sounds pretty pretty ambitious and I'm really looking forward to that aspect but I think it makes a difference if you're out there you've got a Scottish accent you're meeting the guys face to face we can do an awful lot of stuff on Zoom and email and websites, but it's not the same aspect. Yeah. And I appreciate that I have a capacity myself and then when I grow my team, but you know, you're wanting the right people and you want to know them because my big thing is, is that the golf courses, what's great about what you guys do is that you show off the golf courses for everybody. You show off the golf courses for the country. So really it's about what we do is knowing people. 
as in knowing you, the client, or you knowing you and your entourage that are coming over, but then also knowing the people that you're going to be meeting. So, you know, if you were to go to, let's say, I've got some clients that were at uh, the Carnegie Club Skibo Castle yesterday, and I've not just said, this is your tea time and this is where you go, guys, and I was on the phone directing them. I've said, just to let you know, you're going to meet Sharon. Sharon's this lovely uh, person from Dornick. You're going to meet David Thompson, who's a fantastic golfer. Um, and you need to have those relationships, but mm. you need the first bit first. It's the customer journey isn't when you touch down at the airport. It's well before that. And you need to know what those people want, um, not just this is your list of golf courses and this is the list of their accommodation. How can you make the whole experience? In some ways, you're going to play the golf courses you won't remember every shot, but you'll remember the stories yeah. of before and after. Sometimes the airport stories are just as good as the golf course stories. Yeah. The restaurants, the people that you meet, the caddies, everything that you have. Who's your host? Who's your driver? Every, like, those are the small things that matter. Yeah, that's definitely something we, we'd echo. I think in the, um, in the work we've been fortunate to do, as you say, it's often the history of these, these courses and these clubs. Um, and the people you meet that really make the experience, aside from how great the golf courses and the layouts are, but it's it's the stories that go on almost behind the scenes and that personal touch. I think increasing what we've found is like having having some um, yeah personal connection, someone who really knows the club well, showing you around. That's the best way of doing it because then you can, then you can really have a deeper appreciation of of every everyone who's kind of gone or passed through that course, that club, and um, how it's changed over the years. Yeah, exactly. And if you can if you can get to know a group of people and what they're looking for collectively, whether they are plus one to two handicappers that are wanting to play 36 holes a day or it's a mixture of maybe it's fathers and sons and maybe it's couples, you can you can get it very well customized and very well laid out for that group, but then also for individuals. So, you know, you could say that I went down, like you learn about people. So I went down and played your mixer, which was unbelievable. But I saw on the... Thank you. (laughs) I I saw on the walls that there was past captains and there was guys that had accomplished a lot. And you read into that because some of these guys played in the Walker Cup. And now here we are looking over a Walker Cup course. And I know fine well today, I'm going to take you back to some of the Walker Cup tees because that's of interest to you. And then equally, if we said, you know, oh, you know, Bruce is wanting to go out and play an extra nine holes. Well, we're going up to Cruden Bay later on. It's not going to be dark till 11 o'clock at night. The St. Olaf nine-holer in the middle is fantastic. And then equally, Tom, or I'm going to call him Tam from now on. Yeah. Like, so, <laughs> Tam, so, yeah. Tam Mills. So Tam might be saying, I'm wanting to go for a couple of beers. And I'm going, well, I know this yeah, is the yeah. pub that you should be going to. And you don't just suggest them and list them. If you're here with them, you can take them there. Mm. So then that's, you know, people are getting what they want out of it. As in, you need to know people just as much as you know the courses because thankfully the golf courses all are fantastic and people do yeah. such a good job that you want the golf courses are going to do what they do very well and if you love golf that's why you're here but you need to add value in other ways i think you, i think i mean broader point really the game gives back a lot more i think when you invest in understanding the backdrop of all those different stories and how things are knitted together almost i think if you turn up and just play you know trophy courses you know bucket list chasing stand on a first tee hole out get in the car granted you're going to see some great golf courses but it's when you actually understand the clubs and the histories and how they're all knitted together you know we were at you know um prestwick and you've got you know frank rennie the 
pro that used to work there and you're like oh well yeah there's the when we're up at Nairn there's the Ben Hogan putter that was donated to them and you sort of you can sort of see how it all sort of intertwines and you know they're there with a scorecard from um, I think it's the invitation list in fact for the original Open 1860 and there's a list of like 10 clubs you know one of them is where we're sat right now Royal Aberdeen I think at the time it was called something different I think there's just so much kind of beneath the the surface on stories of clubs and and just understanding kind of the characters and everything and yeah I think Walker Cup's another really good example and you then you do get some yeah you do get some courses that are phenomenal the layout but really the story behind the club is actually more impressive yeah. mm. and it's not going to be a huge history lesson for everybody but if you can take away little bits from it what you remember then that's that's a, that's a big win as you go away with something else to tell and it's all about experiences these days. As you said, there's a lot of people that are bucket list and course tickers, and it's not that I'm against those people, but I'm saying there's an appreciation for it. Um, you're wanting to know more about the culture of anything in a strange way. I think I said this to you on the phone. When I go abroad, I like going to the. I like going to a supermarket more than anything because yeah, yeah. you learn more about <laughs> that's the, the culture. culture. Yeah. Because yeah. if you see, you know four aisles of wine and only one aisle of bags of crisps and you go these guys like wine yeah. you know or if you see certain bakeries like a healthy that. diet either way though to be honest <laughs> <laughs> and you, you want to know that like down again at the mixer um jason mcgibbon uh, came down with me and he had a fantastic time um but you got to know him as a person and then coming away from it the next day he was saying that was amazing that Sam took me down to the wine cellar and everything like that nobody else would have got to do that you know that that's something that he's going to remember um, he'll also remember his birdie on uh, number nine um, because I videoed it but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know those are the small things that add up to a big a big memory and you, you go away and that's something that'll never leave you and then you share that story with other people and then hopefully they get to relive something else in the future I'm curious are you there's obviously Scottish golf tourism, massive industry. I think no secret propped up quite heavily by, you know, the American dollar as well. So, you know, do you feel like golf in Scotland and, you know, tourism, golf tourism in the country, is it at saturation point, would you say? There's probably an aspect of that. I think that we're we're lucky that there's more golf courses um, being opened up, like Dumbarney's there and there's other ones. And... I think there's more appreciation for all 500 plus golf courses now than there was before. And because of what you guys are doing, we're getting to see other golf courses that you wouldn't usually get to see. So rather than somebody coming over and saying, we're going to complete Scotland in seven days, which is impossible. um, They're saying, no, let's go and go to the further away courses and stay in that area and appreciate, like stay in one location rather than living out a suitcase. They're thinking, no, we're going to stay there for four days and try and do that. And that's, that's where my target market or, you know, people that I want to know a little bit better is the guys that aren't, you know, I still welcome everybody that I speak with because I enjoy doing it. But people that are ages between 25 and 40 are more likely to come over here now because it's accessible because they can jump on a plane. Somebody in Manhattan could leave their apartment, jump on the plane and be on the third or fourth tee at North Berwick before they've even landed on their way to Pebble Beach. Yeah. Left at the same time. So, you know, there's a a bigger market now, but now there's a bigger appreciation for courses. We're not tiptoeing around saying, let's just do the championship venues. It's let's do everywhere. Yeah, I mean, on that point, it's interesting because I think 
Sam, Tom and I, we've obviously been fortunate to play quite a few courses in Scotland that are you know, on, on people's list to play over the last nine, ten months or whatever it's been. And we always chat, you know, naturally as you do when you come away from these clubs. And, and I think we all have our own particular favourites. I and mean, there's not necessarily unanimity amongst the three of us. Do you find... Um, with a lot of the people that you kind of put trips on for that there's there's often the same courses that maybe crop up where they've had a just a, a really outstanding experience uh, is there is there maybe consensus around a select few courses that come up time and time again people saying yeah I absolutely had a fantastic time there I met so and so the history was great you know we had a really good time or is or is it kind of pretty varied there, there is quite a lot of the same ones that will pop yeah. up because and I would say the ones that are user friendly come up because of their experience user uh, friendly yeah it's not a term you've ever heard in golf before yeah <laughs> if they're if they're user friendly um then wider fairways and uh, and facilities add to that as well yeah. um certain people have got an appreciation for the history of the game so they'll go to the more traditional clubs and they'll you know they'll come in and do the jacket and ties and um which is which i recommend i think it's worthwhile the perfect mix is that you do want to do some of the commercial facilities and traditional ones to get a feel for everything and i try and include that in what i've almost like a recipe to like what's the perfect golf uh, Mm. trip but yeah you you do certainly get the ones you know king's barns it'll be dunbarney now castle stewart castle stewart's phenomenal um you know People love those because they are, they facilitate, they've got so many different tee boxes for guys to go and play off and you think any standard of golfer. Um, And that's not to say that people avoid the harder golf courses. It's just what we recommend for them is that if you weren't taking a caddy, take a caddy that day. Don't Mm. be scared to play, you know, forward tees because all golf courses are playable. It's just how, what, you know, just use the measurement of yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's also why I speak to certain age groups. I speak to everybody, but as in I'll speak to certain age groups and say, you know, you're 32 years old and you're a plus one golfer. And he's like, yeah, I'll maybe do that trip to Scotland when I'm 55. And I'm like, or you could come and play off the back tees at some of these golf courses now and really appreciate them because mm. you can play it, you know, you can come back whenever you want, but come back when you're at your best. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you'll appreciate it more. And then equally, when you come back when you're 20, uh, 55 60 even 80 then we'll change the golf courses to maybe what's a little bit more enjoyable as in Colspindy's a little bit of a shorter golf course than say playing at Carnoustie off the back tees yeah. so and you want to remember <laughs> ever them slightly um, yeah. ever so slightly yeah I feel like um I mean a lot of the green fees in Scotland starting to kind of creep up I think gradually obviously a lot of people listen to the pod UK audience a lot of people stay, you know, staycations this year. Do you feel like green fees feel like at times that they're kind of almost becoming prohibitively expensive at certain places? I know it's a bit controversial, but, you know, some of them you see, you know, a lot of it's kind of predicated, I think, on, again, the American spend. Do you feel some of it's kind of got there is a bit carried of away? There, there is a bit of, you know, what they're marketing for, hasn't the golf courses get older and don't change, but become more expensive. It's yeah. uh, which is quite funny, but then if there's demand, then that's what they're going to go for, which is a shame in many ways because we shouldn't be restricting people. We should be welcoming it as much as possible. The maintenance of golf courses goes up, though. If more people are playing it, it's going to get battered a little bit more. Um, And we have to appreciate what we have here in the UK because we pay buttons compared to what other countries pay for memberships and access to certain golf courses. But you're right, some of the green fees are, they're creeping up a wee bit. 
out of reach and maybe they are they're hitting a certain clientele then that's putting off other people that would say well is this within my reach to come over there and play these places um which is a bit of a shame because then you are i mean we can work within any budget and you'll always have a fantastic trip but it is sometimes a bit of a shame when they think i've just driven past there because that's a bit outside my reach or i can't justify that entirely yeah i think a lot of people as well would would say if you are spending sort of upwards of 250 300 pounds on a green fee i almost feel it's just natural that they're gonna it's it's, it's so uh, there's so much pressure on them to play well and kind of have an enjoyable experience when they're when they're paying that money for it because it's it's, it's, it's a lot to part with isn't it for four or five versus hours what yeah. you get back as well isn't it it's a, like always a case with golf courses is you have an expectation yeah. You might have a low expectation. You might have an incredibly high one, or you might not have. You not know, have any. Yeah. Have any. But you you always come away then. I think measuring the course versus your expectation level. Mm. You never come away just looking at it on a standalone basis because otherwise, how would you compare a Kilspindy with a Muirfield? You know, yeah. you know, it'd be impossible because you know Muirfield's clearly you know, a superb golf course, but the experience gets relative to that. And I think that's always a case, particularly when you're spending three hundred pounds. It's like this is quite a it's quite a big punt that A, I'm going to hit the ball good and B, it's going to deliver against that expectation yeah. for me. And that's why I think we come back to Castle Stewart as one that, you know, just blew all of us away when we first played it because we went there with no expectations whatsoever. I mean, yeah. you, you know, just a last minute change of plans. Um, and it was like, oh my God, wow. You know, <laughs> kind of blown away there. Whereas there are, I guess, there are other courses that we've, that we've played where you go in it's like this is absolutely ground zero for but North Berwick you know, yeah, got, well, yeah I didn't want to yeah. <laughs> jump in there but yeah I mean North Berwick is a place where you've seen so much of it on social media and um, golf course architecture community pages that you like to sort of plumb the depths of that frequents those, those dark, <laughs> yeah, dark yeah. the dark web yeah, of GCA yeah, 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 yeah. Tam, Tam. Um, <laughs> and, and as a result I felt like you know had a hard task sort of living up to those expectations I think that's probably the you know one of the Closer to closing point really would be that now you know we're all kind of yeah how old are you Jordan you're I'm 33 years old I think right just I'm 35 yeah. Bruce you're 26. 26 now you know we're all operating in a social media world everything's kind of you know everything's accessible there's information everywhere so I've you know playing North Berwick was insane like so much fun but I'd seen all those places already on social media. That's sad. Yeah, yeah. that is a bit sad. And yeah. I, I think that's probably the hard question. Mm. Just tourism and golf tourism generally. Like, it doesn't matter if it's Scotland or Ireland or, you know, Holland. I think it's no secret I'd like to go and play golf in Holland. Really? You want to go play golf in Holland? I've mentioned yeah. it a few times now. Um, but it's hard because there's so many pictures yeah. out there. So how do you go beyond them? That's, that's, I think, where it got... It wasn't like I didn't enjoy North No, Berwick. you just got, you know, like, oh, this is the Redan, is it? But like, imagine yeah. not seeing the, the Redan yeah. or not seeing yeah. the 16th, not seeing the pit. You know, it's like that moment is not there anymore then. Yeah, correct. It's, yeah, it's like knowing, it's like when you watch the trailer to certain films and you go, you've given the whole film away, yeah. haven't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I know people that actually won't watch the trailer for the new coming. James Bond film because they go, I'm going to have seen the film pretty much. Yeah. You don't want to see it. You want the excitement of it. And well, and that's maybe where America have got it so right and wrong at the same time a yeah. lot of a lot of uh, private golf clubs but you know some of them like you can't take a camera in here you, yeah. you never see them unless they have the walker cup or they have like certain amateur events because it won't necessarily be a professional event 
it's like wow like Congaree recently had um, that tournament that replaced Palmetto, the Kenyan, uh, the Palmetto yeah. and it's amazing how it's two different perceptions the UK market if that had been over here they would have gone why are they going to the golf course that we can't go pay and play whereas the United States they say how good's this that we're going to get to see a course on TV that we would otherwise never get to see yeah. and it's just flipping the mindset of what's Very positive culture. to it because you won't because a lot of us will never ever get to play Congaree but you're right that there is a bit of a we're seeing the same places over and over again and especially in marketing from my history of marketing that you see the same images and sometimes the same holes for the same place constantly so you do you're looking for something new it's a small addiction that you think i want to go and experience something especially the instagram generation it's not necessarily about ticking golf courses or just getting likes on um with photos it's like it's like a satisfaction thing of being like this is special to me and like generally not to keep talking about it, but blackwell as soon as i was there i thought it was awesome and then i was saying to i was automatically texting my friends you've got to come down and play this You've got to do that because you, if you don't know that much about it, you're wild. That's that's what you want. Case you're, in point, expectations. Yeah, expectations are just a bit. No one had yeah. any expectation of Blackwell because a lot of people hadn't played it. Yeah, we yeah. went to the, the club uh, that we that I used to work at in uh, South Carolina. We went and played there, but I didn't tell any of the guys, all my friends, some of my closest friends. I didn't really tell them anything about it because I took it for granted. Because I was like, oh, I'm the where we're playing tomorrow is where I used to where I work. And otherwise, I told them about everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. And then they came off and they went. How good is that golf course, Jordan? Yeah, yeah. And I went, I oh, know, never really thought about it. Yeah. And then afterwards, that's the one they talk about the most. And mm. I thought, yeah, as you said, expectations. Interesting to get your your take on that point, actually, because um, I know we constantly talked quite a bit about Scotland and um, golf in Scotland and how it's maybe changed and some of the the, the, the courses that stand out. But um, although it's maybe a way away yet for some of our UK audience, but wanting to go out to America with one eye on that. I mean, you, you obviously know it very well or know parts of America very well um, from a golfing perspective. Where where kind of stands out to you as being a, a great place to sort of base a trip around? Oh, to base a trip around? I, yeah. would, I mean, from being living in South Carolina, it's about four hours south of where I am, but if you're going down to Charles, between Charleston, uh, South Carolina and Savannah, mm. Georgia, there's just loads of golf there. Yeah. And like I said, a lot of golf courses are private, but if you go about it in the right way and you know, you're, you respect it for what it is, you can potentially get access to some of these places, not, ne- not necessarily on the ways that you want to as in the days, but you would appreciate it for what it was. And you go and play the commercial places because they're fantastic. You stay in the resorts um, mm. and embrace it all and embrace the culture there. You know, I'm looking. Yeah. F- I'm looking forward to that as much as anything. I'm looking to learn as much as I am wanting to educate people about Scotland. I'm wanting to educate myself about America as well. Mm. I've got twelve guys that I know that are from New Orleans that said, "When are you coming to see us and let's talk about the next trip?" And I think, what a hardship that will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I can imagine. You know, I've never been there, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's quite daunting for. Well, it feels quite daunting for me, at least. And I guess maybe it's the same for a lot of other UK people. When you just look at America, like there is just so much golf 100%. to play there, from Bandon Dunes all the way down to Florida. It's like and everything in between. It's like how on earth do you go about sort of tackling I some of the some of the course there? And and yeah, getting your perspective on 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 say South Carolina, that's a really good place to sort of base a trip to start there. It, I think it just seems to make it more 
make it more manageable in a way especially, especially from like a flight point of view yeah. as in you're not wanting to jump on a plane forever and like yeah, working yeah. where can you get the best of your days can you land and then get a game of golf that day and it doesn't need to be the top game of golf but it can be where can i get a game of golf stretch the legs yeah and, get yeah. myself ready for this and build it up well i think on that note you know can we get a game can we tee it up let's um we've got 18 holes to look forward to at royal aberdeen this morning thank you very much for, for hosting us today and Pruden Bay to look forward to this afternoon and yeah it's been great to kind of get you on the pod Jordan I think um, you know what you're doing is really exciting in a, in a fairly you know, it's a fairly staid sort of marketplace isn't it and kind of we wish you all the success and yeah all the best with it in, in due course no thank you and thank you very much for everything that you guys are doing I think it's uh, it's very exciting I've, I've enjoyed uh, being part of everything that you're doing right now and hoping to see it more and more so anything I can do to help you guys please continue to ask I'll, I'll help you as much as i can good man thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you all soon adios watch this